Happy Laetare Sunday to all, just like Advent, that's Gaudete, about three weeks into it, we start to rejoice, we start to be joyful and that we're just over halfway through Lent and that the coming resurrection, Easter, is just on the horizon. So just to celebrate Laetare Sunday, an archaic time system said, we're going to take an hour away from you. And I forgot about it. <laughs> but thanks be to God, I'm here. I also blame Father Claydar a little bit. He had a little birthday celebration last night that went to 10 p.m., so I guess that's technically 11. So those two things, I'm still waking up, but we're here. <laughs> I love this gospel today. That line in the beginning, it says, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. So there's kind of two sections I want to focus on here. The first is Moses lifting up the serpent in the desert. It's a, it's a callback to the book of Numbers, chapter 21, when Israel is wandering through the desert. And what happens when you wander through a desert, I guess? You start complaining, right? So they said, why have you brought us up from Egypt to die in the wilderness where there is no food or water? We are disgusted with this wretched food, the manna that had been falling from the sky that they were eating. So what happened? The wrath of God flared up, justly so, that we hear about today in the second book of Chronicles. And the serpents were sent. And the serpents, whoever they bit, um, right afterwards they died. It was effectively a plague that they were living through. So immediately, of course, just as the story always goes, they ask, they beg for forgiveness. But when a wrong is committed, it has to be reversed perfectly. And it has to be reversed by someone who is not the guilty party. So Moses, it says, he prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, make a seraph and mount it on a pole. And everyone who has been bitten will look at it and recover. So if you've ever seen an ambulance or you know, an old medical symbol, you'll see that staff with a serpent tied around it. Which is a direct reference to this. That Moses, through the grace of God, he perfectly helped reverse the sin, the curse that had been done. And this is not some fantasy story from you know, thousands of years ago, but it's an allegorical reality. It's a prefigurement of Christ upon the cross, which has real effects, which is a complete undeserved gift and grace that perfectly reverses, in a similar way, original sin, all sin. Paul writes in our second reading, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from you. Not from you. This is a gift from God, an undeserved gift. So as it was true for the Israelites, they couldn't save themselves, and it was a gift that they were, so it is for us. Just in the face of our own original sin and the sins of this world, the snares of this world, which we all experience. So think back to, to our first parents, Adam and Eve, and the setting of the Garden of Eden, the first sin. They sinned through pride, they grasped for power. Eve, our first mother, first woman, she was tempted, she takes. Adam quickly follows suit, the first father. And what was the instrument, so to speak, of their sin? It was the tree, the wood of the tree which produced that fruit. And so to reverse it, just like that bronze serpent for Moses, God had a plan. From all eternity, he had a plan. So he gave us Mary, whom we call the new Eve, that was perfectly obedient, so pure that just said, yes, Lord, I am your handmaid without sin. 
And so she reverses the sin of Eve. Then we have Christ, who is the new Adam. Right? By his death upon the cross, he reverses perfectly the sin of Adam. And that cross, by which is his instrument, is the new tree of life. Just like the wood in the tree of the garden, so it is the wood of the cross that becomes the instrument of our salvation. And so just like this Garden of Eden, so our own souls are in need of this reversal of sin. Uh, first through our baptism, then constantly through the rest of our life. So it's so beautiful today that we have our people, our parishioners, going through RCIA. That every time we come to Mass, every time we go to confession, we are participating in this reality of reversal, this reality of restoration with God. All through the instruments, through the person made possible, through Christ upon the cross. And that's the second part. That just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. So my challenge for you this week is twofold. The first is ask yourself, do you have a crucifix in your home? It's a beautiful gift. It's a beautiful sacramental that we have. If you don't have one, I really encourage you to get one. I think you could, you could probably buy them on Amazon. If you don't, you could even make a crucifix, a sacred image, the background on your phone, that every time you open your phone, you're looking at Jesus who loves you, who died for you. And my challenge is to take your crucifix off the wall this week and to pray with it. Pray with it by yourself. Pray with it as a family. Adore it. Behold it. Perhaps even kiss it. Because by praying with the sacred crucifix, by pondering it, we grow in virtue. That's my second challenge. First is adore a crucifix. Second is take all this analogy of this garden, the Garden of Eden, to the garden of our souls. St. Therese of Lisieux, she has beautiful revelations on this, that our souls are like beautiful gardens. Jesus, we could say, is the divine gardener. And in that, that garden, there's beautiful flowers. We call those virtues. But we're aware that sometimes weeds crop up just as they're about to this spring. So how do you deal with weeds? You rip them out, right? You make an examination of conscience. You come to receive Jesus in the Eucharist. And if you need to, for graver ones, you go to confession. But we know, just like a regular garden, that when you rip a weed out, if you don't replace it with something good, you don't put fertilizer there, it's probably going to grow back, you know, maybe even stronger. And so we need to identify some vices in our life and replace them with virtues. You know, so if you find your, your tongue saying things that probably shouldn't be, reverse it. If you say, you know, perhaps not a good word, praise the name of the Lord. Say a glory be in your heart and your soul. And by these habitual little acts throughout our day, through the power, through the gift of Jesus Christ on the cross, we become more and more like him. We become saints and we become prepared, not through our merit, but only through Christ's gift to us. We become prepared for Easter, the resurrection.